Good Gab, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. Good morning, Good Gabbers. Today we have Jen Johnston, Housing and Care Advisor for First Choice Advisory Services. Jen, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, Jen, yeah, thank you for joining us today. It's, thank you uh, for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, another uh, cold day in Spokane. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not loving it. My he, husband is skiing today, though. Oh, so he's loving it. He is loving it, yes. What mountain did he go to? Uh, Mount Spokane just awesome. reopened. So they were closed for two days because of... Uh, the bitter cold. And and yes, it was. I was driving in uh, to town. I live just uh, on the West Plains out by this place called Clear Lake. And oh, yeah. I saw the mountain in all of its glory today. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. They're about, but they're not having as much fun as us. <laughs> no, that is not. for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I know. Well, Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, uh, just like in general? Sure. Okay. All right. So we're curious how long have you been in Spokane? <laughs> I have been in Spokane. I'm a lifer. I like to say I'm a lifer. Um, Me moved too. here. Uh, it was about 11 ish, 12 ish, but it, this is home. This is home. Um, I have two. Where kids. was before? I'm just, I am very curious. <laughs> Where'd you move from? Um, I, my parents lived in San Francisco. Okay, yeah. nice. Yeah. So Bay Area, yes. Spokane. Yes, Bay Area. So uh, Spokane has changed a lot, a little culture shock, but that's okay. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You're like, where did I come? That's right, yes. Uh, I graduated from Mead, uh, went to Eastern, went to Whitworth, and had a couple of kids. I have a son and daughter who now both are back in this area and nice. I have a granddaughter and a grandson. So well, that's fun. Everybody's together. Everybody's together. Yeah. For the time being. Yeah. Excellent. Knock on wood. <laughs> what part of Spokane do you live in now? I live in the Perry district. I'm on the South Hill. Nice. Well, yeah. that sure changed too. That's where mm-hmm. I grew up. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah. Off uh, 13th and Fisk. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a amazing candy shop that is where the uh, dentist oh. office is now. Yes. Um, and we would uh, ride our bikes there. And uh-huh. when we were really little, though, we had to have like our biggest friend like guard our bicycles as we went to the candy <laughs> shop because we did not want our bikes stolen. And uh, I know gentrification is happening. Yeah, but it's it's a pretty nice spot now. I love it. It's great. Yeah, yeah we're at 16th and Mount Vernon area, so. Oh yeah, I know mm-hmm. exactly where you are. Yeah, you know. it's a great. Cool. So you get to go explore Lincoln Park. Uh-huh. And, yeah, it's right yeah, in your backyard. Run the dogs and, uh, yeah, Perry what, Brewing. Great restaurants, huh. amazing restaurants down there now. That's when I knew I made it as, mm-hmm. like, a kid. Yeah. I was probably maybe sixth grade or so. It's like when I could ride my bike up that hill on the top of Mount Vernon uh, that takes you into uh, Lincoln Park. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried Memories. It, I've tried it a few <laughs> times, and, I, you know, we have e-bikes now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Yes. Um, what, kind, what kind of work have you gotten into while, you know, living in our uh, community? Oh, goodness. I was never one of those people who had this vision and knew what I wanted to do when I grew up. So I've kind yeah, who of... Who does? I, I'm jealous of them. My sister-in-law, who is a doctor. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I, you know, I started out a million years ago as a paralegal, and then I moved into, I worked at uh, Community Health Association of Spokane. I actually managed the downtown CHAS clinic. Cool. Yeah. That was an amazing experience. 
Um, and then I was and, and a growth time, like oh uh, boy, mm-hmm. like look at it now. It's like such a a main way of access for many different people for you know healthcare in our community. Most definitely, yeah, it's a safety net for a lot of people, especially the downtown clinic. Yeah, that, so that was a really amazing experience, and so grateful I got to experience it because I really was just a. It took my rose-colored glasses off. Well, just Makes put it sense. Yes. Uh, then I was a little bit burned out, and I just said, you know what, I needed something a little, little lighter. So I actually went to work for the Fox Theater when they were doing the renovation to reopen the theater. Really? Yes, I did, and that was fun. You helped to uh, keep it from being a parking lot? I did. Thank and, you. Yes. Our community I thanks know. you. Yeah, no, it's such a treasure. So you know my friend John Hancock then? Yes. Yeah, all right. I get I to go have coffee with him uh, this afternoon. Yeah, I do. They've known me since I was a little kid. Oh, really? Yeah. I, in fact, I credit his wife from like keeping me from the dark side. Oh. Yeah, she definitely grabbed me. She's like, Steve, you can either be really good or not. I There's, think I was about 17. This is a <laughs> fork in the road. It really was, too. And I no one had ever talked to me like that before. I was like, okay. And wow. But she was right. I was like, all right, I choose light. Yeah. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that it really was so incredible. And I'm very proud of being able to be a part of that project because it's, it's gorgeous. Yes, it is. Um, but um, alas, that I did not see that being something that I would be in long term because I really have a heart for helping people. I want to be in a profession where I feel like I'm making a difference. So I ended up actually going to work at a retirement community. You definitely make a difference there. You do, yeah. I started as the director of operations. Um, That is an all-encompassing job. Uh, You know, you're getting those calls at 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, fire panels broken. And um, so it was pretty much a 24-7 gig. Sure. And then probably part-time counselor, too. Yes. and Stand-in family member. Yes. um, List goes on. mm -hmm, Multiple employees (laughs) underneath you. Um, So I was given the opportunity to move over into the sales department by the executive director uh, the hours were better, and um, I thought, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. Sure. I'm going to give it a try, and I absolutely loved it. I loved working with people, helping them decide, make their decisions. What's going to be best for you? If you need long-term care, are you being proactive? Is this a Those mo- are critical decisions in one's life, right? And they're <laughs> decisions that most people don't ever think when they're younger that they're going to have to make. Most people think, oh, I'm going along, I'm going along, everything's fine. Oh, I'm dead. That's usually <laughs> not the way it is. It's not as clean as that? <laughs> no, it's usually not. Dang it, not. Jen. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so it's, it was really a wonderful opportunity, and I really, I kind of, um, that was my first foray into working with the senior community, and I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. So um, the opportunity at the community, um, I was it was going away. They were adjusting the team. Um, I this is how I met the lovely Dana. I did a, right. a stint at Red Lion Hotels. Um, was very lucky to come away meeting some amazing people. Um, Lots of good people came up in hotels. Yes. Did you? Where did you work? Uh, Marriott. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, I opened up uh, the residence in uh, oh, yeah. out on Sullivan. Oh, yeah. 
and uh, thought I was going to be a GM. Yes. And yep, then I went to Eastern, got my degree, and I got recruited right out of there by a guest. Twice oh. over, actually. <laughs> the first one gave me my first job, and then another one called me years later, like, Steve, I remember you. Okay. Come sell medical supplies. Oh. So I was like, okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's kind of how my gigs, I fall into them, yeah. Um, See, it's because we don't know what we're going to be when we grow up. No, no. You just have to be open to the possibilities. Um, so while I enjoyed a lot about that job, it really didn't tap into that helping the vein that I have inside of me that no matter what I, I come back to, I want to be making a difference. Um, so that is when I actually started working with elder law attorneys um, as a client services director, helping people with their estate planning, knowing how to set it up so then it would benefit them down the road if they did need long-term care. Well, yeah, that is a huge need. Mm -hmm. um, we learned a lot about that on this podcast with Danielle Palm. Oh, from Palm yes. Law, and uh, that was eye-opening. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people don't realize that there are options with setting up their estate plan to help fund their long-term care. Um, a lot of people, it's amazing to me, the people I meet with don't even understand that their Medicare is not going to fund their long-term care. Right. That's just one of those things that it's an assumption that's wrong, right? Yes, it is wrong. Oh. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, um, long-term care is funded by a long-term care policy or privately paying. Um, there are a few options where it might be covered by Medicare for a period of time, but it's not going to pay for all of your long-term care. No. Yeah, so that brings us to like some of the work that you're doing now. It's like you're you're in this that's planning. You're helping people find uh, homes. Like, tell us more about that. Okay, so um, most people have never heard of a referral agent or a placement agent until they're in the midst of a chaos, a, a crisis, and they need one. I hadn't till yesterday. Okay, see, <laughs> a good way to kind of look at it is I'm like a real estate agent, but I assist with long-term care. I totally see that. Okay, well said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So whether that's bringing care into the home, because, of course, most people want to stay in their home as long as humanly possible. So I can help with referrals to home care, home health agencies, and stay in touch with the families until maybe what we've patched together isn't going to work anymore. And then we need to begin exploring options outside the home. That is an, an just incredible job. You get to be with people like in pretty traumatic moments, I imagine. Yeah. And yes. How's that funded? Um, I My clients do not pay me for my fees, similar to a real estate agent. So at First Choice, we have contracts with providers of long-term care at every level, whether that's independent, assisted living, um, adult family homes, memory care. We have contracts with those communities and relationships, and we know each community inside and out. And so... Once I work with a family, help them go through all their options, and I'm with them every step of the way. I'm touring. I'm just, I'm knowing every, everything there is to know about the, what's going on with their, their health, um, finances. We dive into everything so I can really, really help them. And then I go out with them. I tour. We narrow down the best option. Once we have, they have decided on where they would like to go, that is who pays my fee. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, just like a real estate just agent. Just like a real estate yeah. agent, yes. I watched uh, my neighbors. I, just, I love my neighbors. They're so cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
one of them, uh, he lost his leg, mm-hmm. and it's just a, kind of a freak, uh, like bacterial infection. Mm-hmm. And anyway, they had it just put them into this moment, like, okay, we have to figure out care, we have to figure yeah. out what's going on. Yeah. And I just uh, following their story, I got to learn a whole lot, like these idea of like spending down your money. Mm-hmm. How do you bifurcate your dollars so you know it doesn't all go into you know right. that person's care when you know his wife is like staying at the home and gonna be you know around for a lot longer um and just it was so complicated i'm like i'm glad to know there's resources out there i know our viewers are glad to know that there are resources out there like you to help through this yeah like i don't know when should people be thinking about some of these decisions oh um this is the drum that i have come here today to beat all right (laughs) tell us more the earlier the better Um, Like I said, most people do not think they're ever going to need long-term care. Um, A lot of times people are waiting too long, and that is hard because um, there's not a lot of awareness of the different levels of care. And so your friend who lost his leg and is in a wheelchair or perhaps somebody that's bed-bound and is not able to transfer on their own, Um, A lot of times I will meet with families and they'll say, well, we need to find an assisted living. It's like, well, we may have surpassed that by waiting too long. We might need to look for a little bit more care. And a lot of times people don't even understand that there are other levels of care. Um, Yeah, it's a complicated system. It is complicated. And people of a certain age, they think... It was, it was a very traumatic experience when they were younger. You were going to the nursing home. You know, grandma and grandpa right. went to the nurse. That was where you went and you died. Um, long-term care is not like that anymore, and there are other options. But it's hard to overcome that mindset with people of that generation of, I want to die in my home. You're taking me out of here feet first, and you're not putting me in the nursing home. So I have heard those words. <laughs> <laughs> so have I. <laughs> Almost every day. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's hard. It's hard to gain trust because you are talking to them about the most traumatic thing that they have to consider, which is leaving their home. And they're not going to die at home. And yeah. So if like, if we put just a number to it, like mm-hmm. if someone was like in their 50s, is this when you should start thinking about it? Like, Well, you definitely should start at, if you haven't done your estate planning that is could potentially help fund your long-term care then yes i would say definitely by your 50s you should be in there doing your durable powers of attorney your health care powers of attorney what's best with your assets is it a trust is it a will with the trust yes so yeah that's a first step yes yes <laughs> i'm winning already all right <laughs> tell teach me uh, exploring long-term <laughs> care policies um A long time ago, when I first got into this field, I was working with quite a few people who had these amazing, robust long-term care policies that would fund their long-term care for the rest of their days. A lot of those policies, those days are gone because long-term care has become too expensive and most people cannot afford it. That's like why Washington stood up this program, right? Yes. And why we're paying more uh, to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think that's there yet. I think we'll get there. Um, I know a lot of people were unhappy about it, but um, it is very necessary, yeah. 
And I, I think that once, with some tweaking, we'll get there with that, most definitely. Well, I, I kind of was a little bit associated with the industry when I was, you know, in sales. But okay. then I heard, you know, from my neighbor, it was like $8,000 a month is what they were spending. It can and be. And I was like, whoo. It can be very cost prohibitive. That's um, a good word for it. <laughs> or a lot of times... Um, people will start paying on it and then they'll stop because it becomes so expensive. So, um, or cognition issues, dementia. Yeah. So, um, it's very important to, if you're going to be shopping for a long-term care policy that, uh, you understand it's going to go up over time. Most likely there are great policies. However, that if you don't tap into the long-term care portion, it becomes a life insurance policy. So it's not as if all that money that you've paid is just gone. That's cool yeah. and creative. Yeah, so um, I would suggest hmm. definitely meeting with somebody that has more experience than I do because I just barely can scratch the surface about long-term care. But there are some great options, and the younger you are, the better it is to start that process. Well, the, the point, I, I can understand it. It's like just start early. Yeah. We tell that you know to families that maybe were employing their their child in – at our work at Skillskin, mm -hmm. and you know these are adults living with a disability, and yeah. their families heavily involved. Right. And but someday their family just won't be there, mm -hmm. and that is a hard conversation, and it's really awkward to have. Yeah. Um, but I feel it's necessary, and that's uh, that's something that we try to get out there. It's like no plan. We, we yeah. want independence. Let's let's help make that happen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then. Gosh, you know, most people are not even willing to begin looking at communities until it becomes necessary. There are communities that have the full continuum of care, so you can start out in independent living, then you can graduate to assisted if you need it, and some even have memory care if you need it. Other times, people are wanting to stay in their home until they absolutely cannot, but it's having those conversations with your loved ones and letting them know what you want maybe you do want to start looking early maybe you want to go visit a few communities and just see what the feeling is like it, it, that can also take away some of the um the fear surrounding it yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah you're up close you get yes. to see it all, yeah. the, all the stories you've made up in your mind they yes. can go away maybe maybe hopefully yeah. <laughs> yes hopefully you're going to the right places <laughs> hopefully yeah yeah um, but again, going to the communities yeah. directly is sometimes not appealing to people either because, you know, each community is going to have a salesperson. And then once you go in, then that salesperson is going to be following you. So that's kind of uh, another nice thing about working with placement agents such as myself is we become the contact. So then you can go visit a community. You can leave if you down the road maybe this is a possibility no it's not a possibility but i'm the one communicating and with you're them. the buffer i'm the buffer <laughs> that is a nice uh that's just an amazing service yeah yeah so that's another another check mark in my favor i think is you don't have to put yourself in the position of being hounded by salespeople. Smart. So sign me up. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm ready. I know we were just talking, uh, my wife and I were talking about, okay, what does it look like to stay in our home, you know, forever? So we're like, all right, this place that we have now, 
probably isn't it. And our neighbors went spark this conversation and mm-hmm. think, okay, it's time to design a place for us that we can, you know, yeah. we'll go build this yeah. and, and try to stay there as long as possible. Yeah. But that, that's kind of conversations we're having. Okay, good. Um, I'm glad you're talking about it's it. It's way because... early, but <laughs> it's good though. Yeah. It's good. A lot of people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. Well, isn't that truth about like just so many things like that are in fear based. Mm-hmm. It just, it's easier to stuff it away. Yeah, 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 I know. I'm always accusing my husband of that. <laughs> Stop being a stuffer. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a, that's a male trait that needs to be like blown up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jen, I'm curious. Like, what is? Where's this heart for service come from? Like, where? Where'd you? You said you knew it early that you wanted to be in service with people. Mm-hmm. You have any insight on that? Well, gosh. No, (laughs) I don't. I just know that, um, you know, if I won the lottery, I would still be out volunteering, helping seniors. I feel here's part uh, here's part of why I went into this field. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I was married to a man and his mom was from Japan. He's my ex-husband now. That's okay. And she was a lovely, lovely, I, I absolutely adored her. That culture reveres and treats their elderly people much different than we do. And How? They take care of them. They're more hands-on. It's, you don't usually see people, elderly people in Japan living alone. They're living with their kids. They're in the United States. It's not that income. It's we are not. We need. I'm trying to be PC. We need to get better at that. <laughs> I say, just say it how it is. We're <laughs> we need to get better yeah. at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was always something that um, resonated with me. Um, I was very close with my grandma, and my grandma passed away, and. Um, that was it was it was hard for me because she was always a stable factor in my life and so i think that that is what has drawn me to the senior industry those two those two uh two things well this community uh and the folks who are aging so a lot of us now it's like it's yeah. it's coming it is coming um, yeah lucky to have uh you in service Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, what else is happening in this business that our our listeners should know about? What are some tips and tricks and, you know, accessing services? Um, Anything on your mind in that way? Tips and tricks. This, um, even just since I have started with the pandemic hitting us, it has changed the industry quite a bit. Um, It used to be somebody perhaps you know mom had a fall she went into the hospital had surgery broke her hip then she would discharge to a skilled nursing facility do pt and ot until she was strong enough to go home or perhaps at that point it was you know family talks mom's not safe being alone maybe it would be better if she was in a community with a safety net that is usually when the referral would come to somebody who does what i do is at that point um, and then we would explore our options. She would do. She would have up to 100 days covered under Medicare to do her PT and OT and the skilled nursing. 
nothing was rushed. Everything was, now you're lucky if you can find a bed in a skilled nursing. A lot of times they're trying to send them home. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a mess in a lot of ways because of the pandemic. Um, there's a lot of people in beds in the hospitals that are potentially homeless or dealing with behavioral health issues. So there isn't anywhere for them to go for a safe discharge. And so really, okay. So like the industry is, as a whole, is it fair to say that we're not prepared to deal with, you know, some mental health issues of an aging population? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes me think about like the disability community too, because, mm -hmm. you know, there's a, there's a lot of people who are, are starting to age and some of them work for my organization and, you know, folks I consider dear friends and they're going to, you know, come to this point where they're going to stop working mm -hmm. and then what? Right. Um, yeah. And they're going to need s some help yes. and they don't maybe not have any family members or even, you know, a friend group that isn't there. Like they, they're really connected to us as an employer mm -hmm. in, a, in a pretty deep way. Are there services or companies that are starting to have these conversations to help people like that? Um, yes, I, I believe so. Um, a lot of the, I want to say a big, huge glaring problem that we're seeing in this industry is we are starting to get a lot of calls from people who are being kind of aced out or worked out of the rental market because oh, yeah. rent is going up and up and up. And you've got a senior who maybe has limited means or living living on a limited income and they can't afford to pay rent anymore so then they're reaching out to the communities or me or somebody who does what I do thinking okay well maybe I can get some assistance because I'm elderly um, and that's not necessarily the case um, or if they do it's it just takes up more space in those skilled places like they're okay on their own yeah and they're an affordable place right yeah wow yeah. well that that conversation probably doesn't get talked about enough uh in the community i know i, um, I agree yeah and shoot and if you are aging and let's say you are unhoused now and, mm -hmm. and starting to experience homelessness i can only imagine the predatory nature that can happen, uh, you know, like they just will be preyed upon. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, it is awful. And um, a lot of the people I work with, it's really sad to me. They either don't have children, they don't have family, um, or their children are far away. So they're trying to navigate this all by themselves. And that can be overwhelming. There are very few communities in Spokane or, or adult family homes. There are a few. There's not a lot, though, where a person, if they need long-term care, can go directly into them and access Medicaid to pay for their long-term care right away. Most communities and adult family homes are going to have what's called a private pay period, and that's a period of time they want you to privately pay before you transition to Medicaid. How long is that? Is there a magic e number? Well, each community is different. So there is not a magic number. Um, some communities, it's two years. Uh, there are some communities that I work with in Spokane that have just raised their private pay periods to three years. And then there are a lot of communities that won't take Medicaid at all. 
So. Wow. So this is going to, this problem is going to continue to like get bigger then. Because yes. as more people need these services, yes. there's just not enough beds. Right. Yeah. Are are we building more um, like of these long-term care centers or places where people can age, you know, we are. with dignity? We, well, we are. But um, I have to tell you that um, I'm thinking of two communities that I know they're building right now in Spokane, but they are not going to accept Medicaid. So and that's going to be the vast majority of people are going to need mm-hmm. those Medicaid beds I, and apartments. I, yes, yes. Sometimes there's more flexibility with an adult family home. Um, okay, talk to us a little bit about that because I've I've heard that term a little bit. Like, okay. help us understand what an adult family home looks like. Um, adult family home. Sometimes you hear them called an adult care home. Some states call them an adult foster home. I don't like that. Um, that's just my opinion. It just, I don't like the sound. It's almost belittling, yeah, huh? It's like, yeah. we're not fostering you. You're yes, an adult. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, so if somebody needs a fairly high level of care, um, an adult family home, it, it's care, a higher level of care on a smaller level. So a lot of times they can provide the same level of care that they can at a skilled nursing facility, which is, you know, where you're bed bound or, um, it's a smaller environment, so it's usually, they're privately owned, usually by a nurse or a caregiver who's retired, opens a home. So you usually have six to eight maximum people. And this could be like in a neighborhood, right? They are in neighborhoods, yeah. yeah. Um, usually the only way you can tell is they build a ramp that goes up yeah. to the front door, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's that high level of care provided on a smaller level. But they're not dealing with the staffing shortage issues that they are at a lot of communities. So they're better able to provide that care because it's more one-on-one care. Well, that sounds like an advantage, right? So it is an advantage, So that's a model yeah. that should continue to be supported. I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What a... Uh, if we just go down that path for a little bit, what's the okay. what other models like seem to make sense as we know there's a lot of people aging right now? There needs to be more, and this is just a pie in the sky. I love that. Okay. Magic wand time. Yes, magic wand time. There needs to be more 55 and over communities for people who are on a fixed income. I watched my uncle go through that, uh, and it worked out great. It was a 55 and older community mm-hmm. right at the end of Boone, uh, right at the Spokane River. Yes. So through, uh, yeah, the east what is that? West Central. Mm-hmm. Go down the hill. And it was just trailer park, essentially. Right. But uh, is that the San Suchi? <laughs> yes. And I want to live there one day. <laughs> it was legit. I went and visited him a number of times and it worked out really well for him. Good. You know, he ended Good. up uh, buying into it at a reasonable price and it just it worked. He was on a fixed income mm-hmm. and he he got to live a good life until, you know, he did good. die, but yeah. um, he got to do it there. And he and did it, it on his terms. Yes. And I, I thought there was a lot of dignity in that. And I'm like, okay, I like that style. Yeah. And you get to live on the river. I've right. seen that great. Uh, we float the river. And um, the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, that that's it. That's where I'm living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh. Well, I know, uh, gosh, 
our time's starting to run short and I'm wondering if you have any uh, parting thoughts for us or anything else that, you know, you'd like, you know, our listeners to hear. I just, the message I mostly want to impart today is I want people to know that they don't have to try to navigate this on their own. Um, please reach out, even if it's just to have a conversation. There's never a charge for our services. I'm more than happy to answer your questions, whether it's the long game and we're, we're waiting. I have a lot of clients that, you know, we're not ready to do anything. We just stay in touch. They let me know if changes happen. Um, or it's an emergent situation, but it's, it's a really scary thing to try to navigate on your own. And the horrible truth is that most people are not proactive. So, well, you heard it here, everybody start planning now, <laughs> you know, find Jen, find Jen. Yes. <laughs> and well, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much uh, uh, for helping us understand, uh, you know, some of the problems, some of like, you know, the shining light that's out there and, we just appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for making it painless. All right, deal. <laughs> Got to keep uh, Dana, uh, right. keep her promises. 